Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome, Kaplan and crew, Alex Padilla, John Browner, Jason Lawhead with you guys. One more day. Scott's on his way back from New York after, uh, I guess it's out there now. He had lunch meeting, business meeting with uh, Gary V yesterday in New York. He'll be back tomorrow. I spoke with him at length yesterday. He's like my mother. He checks in on me. He checks in on my health. He checks in on my well-being. Um, so I talked to him last night. Uh, so he's on his way back from New York. Probably as we speak, he'll be back on the air tomorrow as we get ready for Super Bowl. Was it 57? L-B-V-I-I. That's 57, I believe. Um, so, yeah, here we are once again, just the crew. Uh, I want to start off by telling you two, John, Jason, you guys have been asking me. Back, baby. Nice. Ne- ah. Negative. I am now a COVID 4.0 survivor. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, the amount of energy not seeing that second stripe on that test yesterday that was instilled in me after. I just felt like a, like a new man. I feel like a new person. I still sound a little sick. Still have like a little bit here and there. But it, like when you don't see that second line pop up after 15 minutes, you're like, oh, I'm going out. <laughs> That's exactly what I did. I went outside. I walked around. I went to a store. I was like, get me out of here. Get me out of my house, man. It was nice. I felt like Andy Dufresne. Far <laughs> out that poop tunnel right after Shawshank, man. It felt great. Hope is a good thing. <clears throat> Hope can kill a man, Jason. But I am are glad these, to be back. Are these Shawshank Redemption callbacks? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are you not? Never a seen it? You never seen it? I mean, the main character is a black guy, so you can't use your excuse. Let me be very let me be very clear about what I'm about to tell y'all about me. I don't I don't watch jail movies. Okay. Don't do it. Don't what are your it. movie rules? Can we start don't, for a second? Hold on. Let's just before we get into whatever the appeal in them, don't as a black man, no more no jail movies for me. I'm good. Okay, I'll pass. So there's not a black character, mm-hmm. main character, you're not watching. That's correct. You know that rule already. Uh, it has to Never be saw American History X. No, I do. I don't do jail movies. No, stir crazy with Richard Pryor and Gene Wilde. One of the greatest prison movies in the history of no. prison movies. I love Richard Pryor. No, Won't oh, watch. you got to watch that. One. The Longest yeah. Yard. The Longest Yard. Both of them. The either of them. and the remake. Yeah. I did. I saw the. I saw the remake because I didn't. Oh, consider, wow. I didn't wow. consider it a prison movie because Chris Rock was the star of it. Because it's so, a comedy. So stir crazy. It didn't necessarily strike me as a a brutal prison movie like i didn't i don't want to see that so so prison movies okay as long as it's a comedy it depends on who's in it yes right well it has to be black characters comedic jailhouse movie then we can rock with it i mean i will i will unfortunately see chris rocket just about anything like i saw pootie tang in a theater like yeah it doesn't you were that you were the one i also (laughs) also also head of state like, I seen... went to the theaters to watch Head of State. <laughs> so I, I, I've, been a, I've been a victim of Chris Rock at many a movies. Yeah, you guys could start a class action suit against Chris Rock for <laughs> going to the movies that he was in and actually gone. What to the movie? And I yeah. know I'm gonna miss one. Like The Longest Yard is probably my favorite Chris Rock movie. There's not a lot that I'd be like, that's a good movie. Oh yeah, well for Chris Rock. New Jack Movie City. Wise, no. he, was, he was great in he was great in New Jack City, but that wasn't him being doing humor. That was him like acting. I'll tell you the best movie he was in. It was a very small role. The best movie he was in was I'm gonna get you sucker. 
Also, very good. Very good. What he does. Uh, How much for one rib? One rib. <laughs> he's, he's, come on, man. Pull uh, my cups cost more than fifteen cents. Pull up my hand for a dime, and then he, and then he, <laughs> then the guy he gives him the price for the rib, and he whips out a, just a roll of hundreds. Oh, hundreds. Like, yeah. <laughs> got change for a hundred. <laughs> you got change for a hundred. Ah, hilarious. So John scene. Browner's rule of movies. We're we're going through it right now. <laughs> what where where what other type of movies are you just like? I'm out. I'm not. For whatever reason, just I'm uh, out on this obviously I'll, eighty for Brady. You're like I'm not gonna watch nah, four eighty year old ladies talk about Tom Brady. I'm oh uh, Boomerang. He was very good in Boomerang too. I'm I'm looking at the movies as we speak. He was very very good in Boomerang. Uh, Boomerang's a good movie, underrated. And he was good in uh, Beverly Hills Cop. Not Beverly Hills. I'm sorry. Uh, he was good in um, Lethal Weapon. So he's been bad. He's been in he's been in some good movies. But if you just go, uh, hey Chris, carry this. We're all in trouble. But I'm going to go oh, see yeah. it. I'm going to watch the ship go down. Like I tell y'all, man, I see Dr. Doolittle. Like I, if a black man, preferably a black comedian, is starring in something with the exception of Chris, uh, Kevin Hart, I'm in. That's funny. So if you go to his IMDb page, there's a known for section. Mm-hmm. And his top four movies that he's known for, according to IMDb, one of them is called Top Five. Yep. Yeah, that was a good one. That's a 6.4 rating. That's Head of State. One. A five point five, <laughs> five five rating. Madagascar, where he's a voice, six point yeah. nine. Okay. And the longest yard, where he was six point four. That is what Chris Rock is known for, according to IMDb. It's not bad, man. That's the first Grown Ups was pretty good, but the rest of them have stunk. How many are? How many Grown Ups? I, I thought that was just three. one. No, I think there's a third one. God bless Adam Sandler, man. Well, whoever he knows, bro. Whoever he knows, it works. Cause they just let him. Because Adam kind Sandler of will give you like four, five terrible movies in a row, mm-hmm. and then give you like Hustle. You know, like like that was a good movie. Adam like he'll, he'll do, I haven't seen Hustle throw, yet. Like, he'll just throw trash. He'll just was Hustle throw good? trash on the wall. I thought it was good. Okay, because I didn't like. Um, That's the basketball one, yeah. What was the right. one where he was betting on basketball? Righteous the... gemstones. Gemstones. I no, righteous like gems. Righteous. No, it's something. It was... Uncut was, gems. Uncut gems. That was a that was just a noisy, staticky movie. I, I could have just like I didn't that care for it. A movie where just, I was it. watching in theaters and I couldn't make and it, and it took me to this day, I don't think I still figured out if I think it's a great movie or an awful movie. Like I, I'm great. still not sure. Uncut best, gems, yeah. Listen, his best movie, and I don't care what anyone says, in my opinion, Spanglish. Loved it. Oh, oh it's a good it. movie, but it's not his Loved best it. movie. I mean, Wedding Singer is his best movie. No, Spanglish Happy Gilmore film. would be his best movie. See, see, there's only one it's right, right there. It's what's, Wedding Singer and Happy Gilmore. Yeah. See what's happening here, Spanglish. Although, if you really want a definition of what an Adam Sandler movie should be, it's Billy Madison. True. Like that is, if I think of Adam Sandler or, movies, or I give you one more. I give you one more before you finish. Big Daddy. Didn't Big care. Big Daddy was good, but yeah. And I love that he also got his his recurring theme was what a list actress in that moment of time and hot do I want to make out with to be the star of my movie? Like if Every you look at one. all the posters of all his movies, it's like Jennifer Aniston, mm-hmm. it's uh you know Drew Barrymore, Drew Barrymore. Back, 54, 51st states. Like every 
even Billy Madison, it was like Pete Sampras's wife back then who was like super right. hot. Happy Gilmore, he had Julie Bowen who came out to be like Modern Family, super famous actress after like that dude is just like I'm gonna make out with like, uh, the hottest blonde also, chick I can. He he also and just go with it. He had a uh, uh, Brooklyn mm-hmm. Decker, I think was her name. Yep. So he and grown ups, he, he was married to freaking Selma Hayek. Yeah. But he yeah, also I mean, was he also dated her in Spanglish. No, that's that a was, different. Um, that's a different. That was Paz something. Paz yeah. Vega. Look sure? at us with our Adam Sandler. No, I know for a fact it's not. Uh, Sama Hayek in Spain. No, it's Paz Vega. Let, let me see. Let me do my own research. She had like okay. a. She only had like a two or three year run of like some movies. I'm telling you, it's Paz Vega. I never saw. Well, that was the chick. He was in his love interest. He was married oh. to Tierra. T. You know what's one of my favorite? Yes, movies? he was. In that movie, yeah. Click. Love. Click. I hated Click. No love way. Click. And wow. he had Kate Beckinsale in that movie. Like there's another I... one. I hated that movie. That was the worst. Cool. So, anyways, I don't know how we got into it. Adam Sandler, Mr. Deeds, great. Mr. Movie. Deeds, great Zohan, movie. Terrible movie. Like Zohan is underrated. Zohan's underrated. No, it's not. No, it's not. Yeah, it Stop is. It. Very good. Very Waterboy. We haven't even mentioned Waterboy. That's a great one. Yeah, great I still work. think I still think Wedding Singer, pound for pound, was the best movie he did. Funny. Uh, just it had everything. John, what are the Chatlins amazing in it? Put it on the chat, Chatlins. What is the best Adam Sandler movie? Oh man, that's now it's going to get out of control. Yeah, there now it's going to get out of control. On the chat. Well, the shows though, the Chatlins always go out of control. Uh, on the They're chat, doing their so. own show. Yeah, for sure. Well, welcome. It is Tuesday. Here we are. We're brought to you by Seven Mile Casino, sevenmilecasino.com. Now I'm looking at Adam Sandler's IMDb page. So many movies. That's Long, my boy. Bro. Terrible movie. Like there's so many, so many. Oh, oh my god, I forgot about that one. Jack and Jill, where he played himself as a female. Terrible. terrible. So terrible. You know what all was the... actually good? What was the one where he played the degenerate father of uh Annie Andy Sam? That's my boy. That's a good movie. That's like stealth funny. Very funny. It's like obviously a lot of potty humor, but they pull it off. It's funny. Um, little Nikki. No, that's terrible. When he has that stupid accent, I hate you know the what? devil. You know what wasn't a great movie? Funny People. And it was supposed to be funny because it's about yeah. stand-up comedian. And not it was very depressing. Good. Yeah, really kind of was. It should have been says called... The, the, says the comedian on the show. It was depressing. It was, it was depressing. <laughs> like, yes, I get like there's depression uh, amongst comedians and there's low points. But man, that was like just like... Was that like God. pre... Was that just pre-Netflix deal? Was he depressed in that moment? Was his career going down at that time? Because yeah, then he got that Netflix deal and it was all over. Yeah, I don't know what that movie like. I think they just swung and missed on that one. So many movies. So many freaking like there's so many movies. He's so in so many, many things. So many. And then he likes, you know, spawned the careers of how many dudes that are all in the same movies. Well, so many. Rob, Rob Schneider. It, the best thing that could happen to you is be friends with him. Yeah. It's the best thing that could happen to you. Like, look at Dan Patchett. Great radio guy. Mm-hmm. He finds his way in a lot of his movies because they're they're tight. So I, look, man. Hey, Adam. Whatever, bro. You think, you think Adam Sandler would take you one-on-one in basketball? Hell me? no. No. Brown. Browner? Not Brown. Well, Jason, listen, we already know you. You could beat Russell Westbrook in a game of horse. Oh, so we, we know your game is unparalleled. I don't even want to ask you. Of course. I don't need to ask you. We knew. We know your I answer. Just, I see Adam Sandler. He's a silky smooth passer out in the in the in the, on the floor, man. 
He's solid. He's played before. He's oh, played you think before. he'd be better if he didn't wear 5XL clothing? I know, right? Probably. <laughs> right? It would help the speed. Yeah, I feel like it hinders him, his mobility, wearing he, parachute pants, shorts, and, and giant shirts. He dresses like the final scene in, in Pulp Fiction when they put when uh you know after the clothes are bloody and they and and uh John Travolta and Samuel Jackson yeah. get in that stupid those stupid outfits because they're they had to get, get rid of the clothes after cleaning the car. That's how he dresses. He dresses every day like Travolta in the final scene of Pulp Fiction. Uh there he has a new movie coming out, which I won't watch. Murder Mystery 2, I think, on Netflix. With Jennifer Aniston, yeah. Gen- yeah, I didn't watch the first one. I did watch Knives Out and Glass Onion. I liked both. I liked both. I thought they were both good. Very was good. And Knives Out? Okay. No, it's just like uh, an- it was another Murder oh, Mystery. Oh, Knives movie. Out was great. And then the second one, the sequel. Glass Onion. Yeah, it was pretty good. I didn't hate it. It wasn't as good as Knives Out, but yeah, I very, didn't hate both- it. Very good. Netflix, a lot of stuff on there. Browner, did you watch You People yet? No, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for Racist. all the. I'm waiting for all the energy to die well, down. That was about, another thing. What was the movie Sandler and Rock kind of did like a you people where he was like the, the week you... of the week of. Yeah, that was yeah. bad. Man, <laughs> that was bad. I mean, when if you're gonna make ninety movies, chances are you're not gonna. You're make gonna miss. Good ones. Yeah, he's you're like a power. Miss. He's like the power hitter of like it's either a, a, a he just either hits like a six hundred foot home run or strikes right. out looking bad. He's the Adam even, Dunn of acting. <laughs> I think, exactly. The Adam Dunn Tom, of acting. Tom Cruise, to me, is like still the Hollywood actor for me. Like that dude just makes badass movies and he's missed a bunch. Just happens. If People I miss. Had, dude, if I had I don't to, know if he's missed a bunch, though. Yeah, I would agree. I don't think he's missed a bunch. I just, you know, he's he got kind of put out to that your flavor action hero role. But man, yeah. when you look, dude, it's a shame that he kind of got pushed over just into the action hero role. Because that guy can act. And when you look at some of the films he made when he was a younger up-and-coming actor, I mean, Nailed it. I mean I'm telling you something. Rain mm-hmm. Man, he should have won an Oscar for that. I mean, Color of Money, Paul Newman wins the Oscar. He was phenomenal in The Color of Money. I Cocktail. Mean, was, co- well, that was probably one of his. <laughs> that was one whoa, of whoa, the whoa, very whoa, few. Whoa, no, no, no. <laughs> Cocktail is number one for me, my friend. Cocktail is the Tom Cruise movie. If you, like I said, if you want to talk about an Adam Sandler movie being Billy Madison, you want to watch. You want to watch what '80s movies were? Watch Cocktail. Oh no, no. Was What's her name? Elizabeth Shue, like yeah. the que- yes. the queen of the '80s, dude. Come yes. on now, don't disrespect dude, Cocktail. I, a non yeah, come a, on. <laughs> a movie with no black people in it. I will see it if Tom Cruise is in it. Like, because I know he's got. I know he's the rules of movies. I know there's a couple people who I know will deliver. Tom Cruise is one of them. He will deliver. He will get my twenty five dollars at the lot. Period. Because I know when I I'm yeah. gonna be I'm gonna see this movie and I'm not gonna be bored. Oh, Whatever he gets me for he gets me for more because he gets me for IMAX now. Ooh, like. Cruise gets me for IMAX. He's one of the few guys that gets me to go to an IMAX movie. Like, I will watch Tom Cruise movies if it's an IMAX, which most of them are nowadays, because he's, like Jason said, it's all action. I'm as going n- IMAX. As nutty as he is on couches and in interviews and whatever his religion is, that dude delivers, and he always mm-hmm. has. Right, he's a, a shame Irving, he doesn't he's a do. Irving of actors. <laughs> it's a shame <laughs> that he does, but he shows up for work more. He, it's the right. sh- it's a shame that he doesn't do more serious roles again, like really in depth scripts. Too bad. I mean, I know Top Gun is up for Best Picture, and that's great. It, that's kind of a revival to 
to his his back in Acting the day. Chops. Yeah, and um, but man, he he, I mean, what a phenomenal actor. Mm-hmm. There's even still like parts of his action movies. Like I remember Mission Impossible Three, probably my favorite Mission Impossible. They're great. Like, what? Still, yeah. Three is your still, favorite. I don't know. Something about those like scenes where his wife's strapped to the barber chair and like he's like strapped to a barbershop chair Bill and Seymour Bill Seymour Hoffman's Hoffman in great. the middle of them. Yeah, like there's great. just something about those scenes he's that was just like he could he still throws down like real acting scenes yeah, in these true. crazy oh, yeah. intense movies. Like that's for true. real. I mean, so Seymour Hoffman Man was again. phenomenal in that movie. That is that's true. why I think I love it because I think Seymour yeah. Hoffman was so damn good in that movie so and Tom Cruise movie, was yeah. so good in that movie. They just got a little carried away with the masks and stuff. Like, oh, I could rip my yeah. face off. But whatever. Um, but yeah, dude, Tom Cruise. Like, Amazing did he ever talent. get an Oscar nomination? Like Jerry Maguire? Yes. I know Cuba he got a supporting win. act. So he was nominated for Born on the Fourth of July. He did not win. He was nominated and I believe won his only Oscar he won was supporting actor in Magnolia. Was he nominated for collateral? He may have been nominated for collateral. Another movie. phenomenal movie. Great yeah. movie. Great movie. Great movie. Great, great movie. movie. And you great. even get your black actor in that one, Browner. That's like All a right. two for Jamie one Fox. for you, right? There. That yeah. might have been Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx and Fox. Jada Pinkett Smith. Yeah. Jamie Foxx's best movie is Ray, by in the way. In that movie? He's been oh, yes. Great yes. Everything. Browner, I don't even know if you know this. In collateral, Mark Ruffalo plays the Mexican detective. No way. He's got like yeah. the slicked back hair and the goatee. They make him yeah. look like a cholo. That's Mark oh, Ruffalo. No collateral. way. Yeah. I did not yeah. know that. They couldn't find uh, a they couldn't find a Mexican guy. I'm sure they could have, but back, you know, early two thousands you didn't have to. Yeah. You just put a yes, white guy. Yes. A little true. tan on him. You know? He's an Italian American. Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe he didn't even play Mexican. They just made him look like a stereotypical like LA detective with slicked yeah. back hair. Yeah. Very That's ambiguous. Yeah. Is Mexican, also, is Italian. A, a person who, to me, never misses, never misses, is Denzel. But a lot of people think he does. Absolutely. Well, The Little Things was the worst movie he's ever been in. Have you ever seen that crap? I mean, you talk about crap. That movie <laughs> is crap. It came out a couple years ago. Let me tell ago you about crap. What a bunch of crap. <laughs> I mean, that's the worst freaking movie I've seen in, in decades is The Little Things. So he could I love the Denzel. Theater, I love Denzel. But Denzel. Training Day is one of my favorite of all time. Oh, Denzel yeah. does a lot of a lot, a lot of Denzel in every movie. Like you're like, well, oh, he's Denzel the same guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Man yeah. of Fire. Man he's like fire. Jason. He's like Jason Bateman. Like Jason Bateman is the same guy in everything. So is Denzel. Yeah. So is Denzel. It's a different costume. He's got he he does have some traditional trademarks that he does in every film. That is like legit Denzel. But yeah. I'll, I'll I'll take like it. I remember I'll watching Training Day, John Q, and Remember the Titans, and I was like, that's the same dude. Like it's great in performances in all three, but it's that's the same dude. Yeah, that's yeah. the same dude. Yeah, you'll get that. Yeah. yeah, Book of Eli was great. Great, was great Book of man. Eli was great. Book of Eli was great. Man on man. Fire is still my favorite. Man Denzel on Fire. Was. You ever see Ricochet when he was young with John Lithgow? Ricochet he... was great. Ricochet's a great movie from like the late '80s. It has like mm-hmm. that kind of like it. It kind of has like a Lethal Weapon vibe when they were making movies in that day, but it's got a different story. Really, really good movie. I think that was supposed to be. <laughs> that was supposed to be their version of Lethal Weapon. Flight yeah. was great. Fences was great. Right. 
American Gangster. Like, there's so uh, American got, Gangster. Gangster. He's got so many films, dude. Oh, I know. So you could films. you talk about Tom Cruise and Adam Sandler. Denzel's got like Oscar level films, like that even, good. Even his his weird ones, like uh, when he did uh, Two Guns with uh, Mark Wahlberg. That was entertaining. Like you could get through it. I mean, I think Book of Eli was one of his weird ones that ended up working. I yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. He's All right. Well, welcome to uh, Kaplan and Cruz Movie Corner. Uh, <laughs> by John, Jason Lawhead, John Browner, and Alex Padilla. Uh, when we come back, um, I missed something from FanFest. And you guys didn't bring it up, so I'm assuming you guys missed it from FanFest. A massive, massive guarantee was given. A massive mm-hmm. guarantee was given when we come back we'll talk about what the hell i'm talking about we're brought to you by seven mile casino seven mile casino.com just minutes away from downtown san diego go check them out now with a full sammy's restaurant and bar espresso martinis all your favorite sammy's menu items ready to go for you at seven mile casino remember if you have any problems call 1-800-GAMBLER we'll be right back i'll tell you what guarantee was given at FanFest that we have not talked about yet we'll be right back Everybody, welcome back. Captain and crew, Alex Padilla, John Browder, Jason Lawhead with you guys today. Scott back tomorrow on his way back from New York. Uh, we just still in the commercial break, still talking movies, still throwing names out there, <laughs> still going after this thing. We've we've struck a nerve here between the three of us. We all have thoughts. We all have opinions about what, who is the goat of acting, but we're not going to get into that anymore. We got to move on a little bit because there is things to talk about. Guys, it is Super Bowl week. You know, so I know we're not in Radio Row, but I guess we should talk about the, you know, the Super Bowl. Uh, that's that's happening tonight. LeBron might break Kareem's record tonight against Oklahoma. Maybe, possibly. No, no maybe, no, no. I mean, he's only thirty six points away. So if you if you bought you, one of those tickets, you you were pissed if he does it tonight. One that of what Bucks, That Bucks ticket. That that Bucks Lakers ticket. Apparently, they're like ten grand. I heard more than that. But it's the Thunder. He could easily pass it tonight. But not easily. You, but and do you pass it if you feel like you're on the nobody's brink? Nobody's gonna it. remember that he did it against the Thunder. Like everyone's just gonna Correct. remember how he does it. So it doesn't matter if he does it tonight. And or the Bucks, who cares? Who are the Bucks? And you want to do it? Who cares about? And the you want to do it in the in a win? The first you want to do it in a win? Historically, the Bucks who cares are about better the Bucks? than the, the Bucks? I get it, but uh, historically, like who cares? That's Kareem's but, team. That's Kareem's original team before he came to the Lakers. Giannis is arguably the best player in the league, and if you if you get it, just score twenty, get at least like six points. He needs like six points. He can get it in the first be there quarter tonight. Kareem's going to be there the next game. Who cares? Because so it's, t- the team, it's the original team, he's and, he's, and, and, and trust me, it's LeBron. He he will manipulate. He it. knows. Yeah, he knows. He's going to milk it. He's going to. But if you it. got the chance to break it tonight because you're off to a great start and no. you feel like you're going to win this game, don't you want to break it in a win because? What if you get worked off the court and it's the sixth point or the eighth point early in the game and then the game stops for a while, yeah, and all that stuff, but then the game goes on and the Bucks wipe you off the court later on. It kind of, I feel like if you got the chance to win it in a win or, or break it in a win tonight, then do that because then the next game can just be all of the pomp and circumstance before the game if you get beat. Who cares? It's the it's kind of a an evening of celebration uh, because it's the day after or the game after. I just feel like if you can break it tonight and you feel like thirty six is coming, especially as the game progresses and the Lakers are winning, do it. See, no, I think I think LeBron knows NBA history entirely too much, 
and he's trying that. to be the most important person to ever play. So the the thread between beating doing it against Milwaukee will be too much of a lure for him to turn away from doing it then. So NBA scripted, just the way the NFL is. So and he hates Kareem. Talk. So this would be a double topping on the ice cream. Kareem hates him too. We'll oh, talk yeah. about that it's coming mutual. up. We're gonna talk about mutual. It was a Super Bowl opening night last night. So much stupidity coming out from there. Browner, you've experienced an opening night. You know how stupid it is. You know oh how ridiculous it is. Uh, it was back to full time yesterday. No COVID protocols there. Um, I have a very interesting survey that came out today about how Americans uh, care about the Super Bowl. Tom Brady, big time Tom Brady news coming from the broadcasting side of his career. I don't know if you guys caught up with that. Um the future of John Browner's favorite charger, Keenan Allen, uh, he looks like he might be on his way out. Sean Payton got caught up by the media, uh, basically telling Russell Wilson, uh, whatever you did last year, that ain't going to happen here no more. And if we have time, I would like to get to the Trent Dilfer soundbite that I wanted to get to yesterday, but we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll see if we can get there. But I want to start off with what I talked about in the previous segment because we missed it on Saturday. Well, we didn't talk about it yesterday. I mean, from the Padres fan fest, how important is this? Not important, but should we talk about it? Yes, we should, because, listen, I guess Browner said it right yesterday. Like, what can Fernando Tatis do to piss off this fan base if yeah, what he did last year didn't do it already, right? That was yeah. basically what you said. There ain't yes. nothing Fernando Tatis can do that's going to make this fan base hate him or turn on him, but... What can he do to get everybody back on his side is to be a model citizen, hit 300, hit 30 home runs, hit 100 RBIs, be just the superstar that he was. And I don't Did you guys see his guarantee on Saturday? Yeah. I didn't see it until this morning. I, I completely missed it. I don't really? know where. I don't know how I missed it. I completely missed it. They were doing a Q&A. It was Manny Machado, Juan Soto, Xander Borgards, Fernando Tatis, all on the stage at Park at the Park. They're being asked questions by the fan based on Arcillo was emceeing. A fan asked them, if you guys make it to the World Series, who would you like to play against the World Series? So now we're just going to fast forward all the way to the World Series because we're getting there if you're the Padres. And now that's the questions being asked. Who do you want to play in the World Series? Here's what Tatis said. Who you guys want us to face? It doesn't matter because we're still going to win it all. <laughs> all right. Padres winning it all. Francis he says Padres going to win. How is that not a headline everywhere? Did I miss it? Was I under a rock? What the hell? Was yeah. my COVID brain under? Like, what yeah, the you, hell? You just missed that one. You just missed that one, player, because that was. Okay. That made the rounds. I Look, man. That youth, that energy, like Soto's young too, but Soto is more of a young businessman. He doesn't have the, he's very polished. He knows how to say things. He knows how to be professional when the camera turns on. Obviously, I don't know what he's like in his private life because I don't know any of these dudes. Tatis clearly strikes me as a young man, young in business, young in professionalism, just young in general, young, young minded by the mistakes that he's clearly made. And I think that's the difference between when you look at those guys on the stage. Tatis is still like the kid. And I think that's why people love him. Like I said yesterday, he's like the fan base's child. Like the fan base loves him as like, oh, the fan base is the daddy. This is our kid. 
and we love him. We know he's going to mess up because he's young and he's going to grow with us. But he's ours. He's ours. And that's the thing that the Padre fan base has with Tatis. He's theirs. And I and I think that's why he can make these mistakes. That's why he's going to fail. And that's why he can come back and get the largest applause of anyone sitting up there, even though he has hurt the team more than anyone else sitting up there. Because he's theirs. Yeah. My only problem with that, mm. with what he just said and did, is uh, how he crossed his legs afterwards. <laughs> It's like, come on, man. You can't guarantee a World Series that didn't go across your legs like a woman. You know, right? I mean, come on, bro. Come on. <laughs> okay. Go back. Right. Go back to the video. Go back to the video. I mean, don't don't need to notice it. It is. Hey, guys cross their legs like that all the time, too. I see. I cross I'm not legs. saying they don't. I'm saying I don't say. I'm not saying they don't. I'm not old saying I never have. But don't guarantee a World Series and then throw the leg over like that. So, like, like is know. there a... Maybe that's how confident he is. He's so confident yeah. in his talent level, <laughs> he can cross his legs all the way over like uh, that woman in what's that movie? Uh, Indecent exchange. Basic instinct. Yes, basic, basic instinct. instinct. Cross yeah. his legs like that. Back to the movies. Again. Back to the, here we go. Back to the movies. You guys have any problem with the guarantee of a World Series title coming from a kid who has not played in, in a year and, and and wasn't there last year? Can I? Can it, what if he just said, "I don't know, man. We'll see how it goes." Like then we move on. Got, yeah, it's fan, it's fan fest. It's fan face. I yeah, what I, I liked it's... was the reaction from like Machado. You know, I always look at Machado yes, as loved like, it. Was it okay? Is it okay to say that? Okay, we're good. Like you know, that's the way I look at Manny Machado. Like every time Tatis says something, I kind of look at Machado like, do we like that? Do we? Are we? We're are good. We, are we're are good. we jiving with what he just said? Okay, cool. Like you know, because Soto didn't look particularly comfortable with it. Xander just laughed. But Machado was all in on the statement. I'm like, all right, let's go. Let's go win this thing. That is the expectation here. I mean, that's let's be real, right? Yes, that's absolutely. the expectation here. Absolutely. From top of the organization to the fans, the organization, everybody expects a World Series title. That is the expectation here. I mean, at least getting there, that's the bare minimum, right? And kind of to it's touch on quiet. what Browner said about him already, you know, he's the perfect guy to kind of just say that. And have it not mm -hmm. be something that's like gonna be this like oh look what he said and then we're gonna revisit this statement month after month after month as the year goes on. I think he's the perfect personality for everything he's been through. Had a Machado said that, as, as Browner said, has had a Soto said that, then maybe the lens grows a little bit. Maybe you're like, whoa, what is this? These guys guaranteeing a World Series title? I think this was more of just a. Young guy having fun with a fan base, and I think Browner mm -hmm. hit on hit on it perfectly. He's like the kid for this franchise's fan base. This this will not be bulletin board material. I'll put it like mm -hmm. that. This is not something where people are going to no. be. Uh, oh, no one in the Dodger organization is like, hey, put that up in right. a locker room somewhere. No one in the Giants organization like that is going to help them anyway. Put that up in a locker room somewhere. Like guys are just going to take that as a fan fest comment. I mean, you would have been able to get something like that from the Dodgers if they wouldn't have charged you just for guys to speak into a microphone. So that must be hard. You might see that replayed again if the Yankees and the Padres do correct go get on a collision course or, or the Padres get on a collision course with anybody for a World Series title in, in October. Correct. You may see that, you know, run through, but. I don't think it's gonna it's gonna hinder any. I don't think you're gonna really see it again. Isn't it funny how fan no, bases man. work? Because nobody has a problem with it because it was your guy that said it. 
But right. if, if like Freddie Freeman said it at their fan fest, we would have talked about it and hated it and be like, look at the cockiness coming from them. They still don't respect you. They still, even though you beat them in the playoffs last year, they still don't look at you. You're still yeah. a little brother. But the fact but that's that the, the who, right? Yes. That's exactly what I mean. Like, and let's be honest, San Diego isn't one of those markets that the media zeroes in on, right? Also, like, also, well, like they, in not, LA they or in New used York. to be. It used to be that way. I don't think anymore. I think I think San Diego has the baseball world's full attention, and I don't think that that could have been said any time before then. This year going forward, I think San Diego will have the baseball world's attention. They're now in the same conversation with the Dodgers and the Yankees and the Cardinals and the Braves and the Phillies. They're in that ballpark now where if you're going to talk about best teams in baseball, the Padres are involved in that. You're going to talk about headline makers. The Padres are involved in that. Like every the last, I think it was three off seasons, they've made news. Well, this no is doubt. the biggest difference of, of ever is if you look at World Series odds, look what the Padres are. Look at it. There you go. They're fourth. Oh, so the mm-hmm. I forgot the Astros. Yeah. Like they're in the they're in the discussion. Uh, I mean, obviously the Braves and the Dodgers had disappointing playoff results, but mm-hmm. if you look at if you look at the National League side right now, don't forget about the Phillies. I mean, don't forget about the entire NL East, basically. Right. Mets. Except the Marlins. And then you look at, yeah, with the Dodgers. The Dodgers are still going to be a very good team. We could yes. talk all we want about how they, they don't have this, they don't have that. They didn't get anybody, but they still are going to be a very good team. They still have, like, two MVPs on their team. They still have a stellar pitching staff. So, uh, But you play them a lot less this year. You don't play them 19 times mm-hmm. because you play everybody now. And that's that's going right. to be really interesting to see. I read an article, very browner. I don't know where your glasses are, but beep pop, beep pop. Uh, the <laughs> San Francisco Giants, who I guess notoriously the San Francisco Giants never leave the Pacific time zone because they host so many games because all the East Coast teams come to San Francisco and the West Coast early on in the season because the weather's still crappy in April over there. Right. That the because of the new schedule, I think the Giants have like. Six home games the first month of the season. That's it. Like, so who knows what the new schedule is going to look like? I don't know if it's going to make a big difference, but you're not playing the Dodgers 19 times this year. I think you're only playing them like nine, 10, if I remember correctly. So there you go, Browner. Little schedule breakdown for you. How about we just, you know, make baseball the, the experimental uh, mouse in this cage and just get rid of all the divisions, get rid of the NL and the AL, have everybody play each other. And then at the playoffs, have the best eight teams play each other. I think that that is where baseball is heading because the way that they're now got every team playing each other, like what, then what's the point of the divisions? What's the point of the because well, you play your divisions more than you play because of travel. Else. Oh, because you got to fill in 162. What you're saying is get rid of 162, play everybody once, and then move on. No, 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 no. Cut oh. it back, cut it back into where there is the instead of doing it. Uh, National League, American League, and then breaking it down per divisions, you just quadrant it, which I guess that's basically the same thing. So never mind. <laughs> he just he just made new divisions. I I just, I just made new. I just went. Be, we could just go by league and conference. I just I just I just bebop. I just bebop myself into a corner. Yeah. yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. I always appreciate when you start something and you don't know where you're going to end up, but you find your way there. Yeah, and yeah, you yeah. find yourself in a corner. Yeah, you just flame out. Nobody go, puts oh. Browner in a corner except Browner. <laughs> except me. <laughs> You flame Except out, so. you go, yeah, 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 okay, yeah. you're right, never mind. Keep you going. know what? You know what? Let's just stay as it is. Let's yeah, just stay yeah, as it yeah, is. Keep it the way it is, whatever. But it'll be interesting to see, I mean, playing everybody, every team in the, in baseball, you know, so this year you're in New York, next year the, the Yankees come here. Like, that's, I think it'll be cool for the fans just to get 
I mean, obviously, when you're playing the Royals and the Indians and 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 the Marlins and and every other, I mean, the Indians are good, but I'm talking about like attraction. It's maybe not the the sexiest of of matchups to to bring here, but still got to It'll be interesting. The great place about this, the great thing about this city is there's tons of transplant residents like mm-hmm. myself. So when I go down to see the Indians, there's a lot of Indians jerseys in the crowd. Whether you go to San Diego or Dodger Stadium or wherever they may, wherever they may roam, um, and that's the great thing about a lot of people that are from the Midwest, and those are really diehard fan bases. So um, they may not have the you know a headline attraction, but when they do come to your ballpark, you will see them, especially in in cities like you know that cities that people move to i've you know gone to denver and you'll see those types of teams from the east coast you know all over the stadium when they play the rockies because people have moved to denver or phoenix or san diego uh san francisco be, uh, so that's the great part and also this year for the first time ever i believe the padres capped their season ticket holders because the demand for tickets is so high single game tickets went on sale today at 10 a.m so those tickets this year especially early on will be pretty expensive and pretty hard to come by i feel so we'll see what it looks like at peckle park every night remember last year it'll be like monday night there's still thirty-five thousand people there it just it's yeah. a different it is a different different time to be a padres fan so anyways i, I like that from coming from tatis but you guys want to jump into LeBron and then move on to the Super Bowl because you guys seem to be really, really invested into doing it tonight, not doing it tonight. When do they play the Bucks? Thursday? Is that the yes. next game after today? Tonight's yeah, TNT, yeah. I'm assuming. Or is Thursday TNT? No, both of them, both of them are TNT because they don't Charles know. Barkley is just gonna throw out like all all night for the next two two times he has to work because he hates the Lakers. Oh my goodness, he does. He does hate the Lakers. I think that this is again, I think that this is a Thursday thing. But I, I wouldn't be – I would be – you know what, correction. I'll be shocked if he got it tonight. I'd be shocked because LeBron boy, knows the history of the NBA. Your boy Michael Wilbon caught up with LeBron James yesterday, and they talked about Kyrie. We'll get to the Kyrie stuff, I guess. But he asked him, like, hey, you know, you're about to break this record, man. If you could pick a way, a shot, a spot. I know you can't pick a defender because you got certain opponents, but <laughs> what does it look like when you put it through the basket to pass Kareem? I know what I don't want it to be. What? A free throw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's so, good. Yeah, because he can't make them. Yeah, well, it won't be. That's what, it, that's what it won't be. Won't be a free throw. What was Michael Jordan's career free throw percentage? Was he good? I don't remember. Was he like? It was uh, late. Low yeah, 80. I think he hovered around yeah, 80. Because for as great as LeBron is, my, my man. Bad. Bad. So bad. Bad. So bad. I saw career or this season 77. I was like, that seems high. That seems very high for him. I, I don't know what his career free throw but anyways. But uh yeah, tonight the Lakers take on the Oklahoma City Thunder. That game's at seven o'clock. LeBron James is 36 points away from breaking uh Kareem Abdul Jabbar's all time scoring record. Um LeBron, um well Kareem, excuse me, will be in attendance tonight. If he doesn't do it tonight, he will be in attendance on Thursday against the Bucks. I get what you're saying. Like, yeah, if you're the NBA, the story, the whole magnitude Much of better. it all. Much sure, it's yeah because it's the Thunder. better player. Yeah, but I think I still think if LeBron's got thirty-five and it's the fourth quarter, I don't think he's going to stop. You know, that's what I mean. Like I don't think ah. he's just not going to go for it because it's the Thunder. Man, let, me, let me let me let me let you in on a little secret. I've been trying to tell people about LeBron. LeBron paces himself throughout the games, and he knows what the box score is. So I've watched LeBron play heavily the last 
15, 16 years of his career. I know when I can see him going, okay, it's the third quarter. I got eight points. I need to finish around 24. Let me start going to the basket relentlessly for six minutes to get to 20 points. He knows what he's doing. If, if LeBron gets to 20 points by halftime, watch how many passes and many assists he has in the second half. Like he knows what he's doing, man. LeBron's, LeBron's going to get it to within 10 to 6 points for Thursday. So there's buildup that he's definitely going to get it on Thursday. And so all the media attention, even at the Super Bowl, will be talking about LeBron becoming the greatest scorer of all time, which will lead the basketball conversation from Tuesday to Thursday about is he the greatest of all time if he gets the scoring record. Like, LeBron's not dumb. Like, can he's ask great you for the NBA a, during Super Bowl week. Can I ask you guys a question? Is yes. this a big deal? Absolutely. Absolutely. What a big deal. Absolutely. Breaking Absolutely. the record? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I think it is. Why, why, I don't know. I, it? For me, for me, it's like the MVP award. Like, I don't care about it. No. You know how long this record has stood, man? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I still, like, I. that's why I feel, I don't think I'm on the, the majority. I genuinely feel like I'm on the minority. Um, I'm just asking, like, it just doesn't. For me, and I know, like, listen, I talked to Scott. If if they if they break it tonight, like the Lakers radio station's got some stupid stuff planned because it's such a big deal for for NBA fans. But I just feel like I just am not that into it. And maybe it's because I'm soured on the season so far. Right. Maybe it's because I'm soured on on what's happening right now with the team. You know, mm-hmm. if if the Lakers were in a playoff team and they and they were on their way to the playoffs and everything was going good, maybe I'd be more into it. But I just seem to be down on the whole as a because of where the Lakers stand. And I know it has nothing to do with the Lakers. I know it has to do with LeBron. But we can talk about it right. I'll, I'll let you guys answer the question. We come back because um, I want to give you guys time on that. And I know I'm in the minority on that. Uh, we are brought to you by Seven Mile Casino. We're brought to you by iThriveMD. Check out kaplanandcrew.com. Click the iThriveMD logo so you can check out iThriveMD, uh, iThriveLean. $200 off for the first three months. I lost 30 pounds in three months. That could be you. Check them out. It's kaplanandcrew.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Kaplan and Crew, Alex Padilla, John Browner, and Jason Lawhead with you guys. The crew, Scott, back tomorrow. Flying in back from New York. He'll be back tomorrow. And then we'll get ready. We'll jump more into the Super Bowl once we come around. Wednesday starts, practices pick up. We'll get into what happened at opening night uh, last night. We'll talk about that here a little later on. Uh, I started the, or I finished the last segment, excuse me, by talking about LeBron James being 36 points away from breaking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's all-time scoring record in the NBA. And I prefaced it by saying I don't think it's that big a deal because I am a Laker fan and I see the status of the Lakers right now. And I just, my attention is on that. And I understand that I'm in the minority feeling that way, that I don't think tonight, if it's tonight or Thursday, like I don't think it's a big deal. Maybe it's like my inner LeBron hater that's always been there, but I had to put it away because he's on the Lakers. But I don't know. I just think individual stuff like this doesn't really do a lot for me. It never has. I don't get bent out of shape about MVP. You Browner, you know I hate goat talk about NBA. Who's better? You know it. Like it is my pet peeve uh, that NBA coverage is always who's better. That's all they talk about on the NBA TV shows. Like that is it. That's the only thing they got is who's better. Who's better? Um, so I think it's all that combined. But you guys tell me. This is obviously a huge deal. Records has stood since what the 80s so why am i so why am i am i just being stupid 
basically? Am I just being a hater? Am I being a Debbie Downer? Am I, am I just being a sour puss because my Lakers are awful or all of the above? I think that your your lack of enthusiasm for this moment is because of the way that the season has gone. And in addition to that, as much as LeBron being a Laker has had its ups for you and a lot of Laker fans, it's had a lot more downs than it's yeah. had ups. And yeah. so the the record, this if Kobe Bryant was going to get this record, you would be over the moon about it because, again, Kobe Bryant, as a Laker, he's yours. This goes back to the Tatis conversation. LeBron's a mercenary. Yeah. He goes yeah. wherever the mission is, so to speak, yeah. okay? So the record is more of NBA-based. It's a fan thing. I don't think this record is an It's a NBA LeBron stand thing. thing. Yes. It's, it's another it's – it's, it's not a feather in the cap. This is the cap. Mm. The other stuff he yeah. has done is the feather. This record is the cap that you I put the feathers like- in. LeBron, like, really spawned this culture that with young people of I root for a player. Yes, like yes, LeBron yes. really, really spawned that, and I don't understand that. I, I, and I'm not. If you do that, do it, whatever. But I just don't get how I'm like. I don't like a team. I don't like that. I like this player, and I'm gonna follow this player. So I'll be a Cavs fan. I'll be a Heat fan. I'll be a Cavs mm-hmm. fan again. And now I'm a Laker fan. I don't get that. Mm-hmm. And I, LeBron started that. Like, he is the guy that started that. So now you got Russ stands. Now you got KD stands. Now you got – Kyrie's got his own group. You know what I mean? So like you, if you got a shoe deal, you got your you got own group. group. <laughs> you got a group. The group starts with the shoe deal. The yeah. apparel. The logo. Once you get your own, like, shoe deal with a logo yeah. on it, you got your own stand group. I think that this is – this came from because a player that great, because it's undeniable how great he is, has never changed teams four times. This hadn't happened before. Yeah. Like a guy at that level, like Kareem was on two teams. Jordan was on two teams, and one nobody oh. even talked about. Well, Shaq, but that's a different type of Sh- player you're talking about. A little bit of Shaq, yeah. I would say he's but the it was closest like, to that. Shaq was yeah, that's true. But Shaq, Shaq didn't... was a Laker, right? Like he was a magic and he was great with the magic. He became Shaq with the magic, but I think when Shaq became Shaq, right, like the Shaq, it was right. a Laker. Right. Everybody everybody rec- rec- recognizes him as a Laker, even though he won a ring with the Heat, even though he played mm-hmm. for Boston, Cleveland, Phoenix, wherever else he played. Um, but, yeah, you're right. I think that, you know, Jordan was Chicago, obviously, remember Wizards, right. but Jordan was Chicago. You know, and then talk about all the guys now. Steph's been Golden State. I think KD's mm-hmm. got a little bit of that in him. I think yeah. KD's got a little yeah. bit of yeah. You follow LeBron's suit. Yeah, KD's got two more teams in him. I'm yeah. Saying. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He he's not finishing in Brooklyn. No. No. Yeah. Or the next place, by the way. But you're right. So, I think the mercenary LeBron is a real thing, and I think that's a big issue. And I can speak as a Laker fan. Current with current Laker fans is none of these guys feel like ours. AD can become one because he'll he can be there long enough to become something of like our guy he just you know but it's his he's been more pelican than laker he won a championship with the lakers so he's i feel like ad's more laker than lebron when you have had wherever you've had your most success that's tends to that's usually tends where the fan base tends to adopt you and i think that would have been impossible for the lakers to have adopted lebron because of what he did for cleveland was on such a level of oh my god this is happening for the Cavs. And for the city of Cleveland, it you you will never be able to overtake that. 
Right. And I and, and the yeah. Lakers have so much history. I think people had right. a, a side eye against him when he arrived. Like yeah. we we want you because we want to win, but don't you ever come because we stink. Kobe's land. Yeah, we stink. Right. We just have a bunch of young kids right now. We need you. But right. Jason, I mean, you're like, from Cleveland. Like, yeah, LeBron's Cleveland. Yeah, and I think that even when you know he had his success in Miami, they had already won a title with Dwayne Wade, who he went to play Correct. with. Without LeBron James, Cleveland never gets anywhere close, right? Whereas Miami Nowhere. already been there, done that. And yes, he brought them ultimate success again. But and as you said, he just he's kind of you know renting an Airbnb as a Laker compared to what you know you've had in the past when it goes from Kobe to Magic Kareem. Wilt, Jerry West, Jerry West, everything in between. Like, so, you know, is this uh, a big deal? Yes, I get your point. Whereas they're a 25 and 29 team. I think we all for years have ex just been expecting when it was going to happen. So there isn't this big surprise revel revelation. I think for Lakers fans, it could be a bit of a downer in the sense that all the things you guys just cited and the bad record. Whereas Jabbar broke it. They didn't win the title that year, but they were Meyer. They were in the mix of five titles. They lost in the finals that year to the Celtics. But then the very next year, after after Jabbar breaks it at 38, he goes out and wins the finals MVP in the Boston Garden. I mean, to me, one of the mic drops of if you want to argue eras and great players, you know, the greatest of all times. Jabbar has a, I mean, that 85 finals MVP against the greatest front line ever who are all in their Hall of Fame primes and with so many Hall of Famers on the floor. I mean, he dominates that finals. And, you know, that's a, that's a, yeah, to me, it's a bigger, I think when Jabbar broke it, he broke Hercules's record, right? We all looked at Chamberlain as this force of nothing we've ever seen before. We're talking about a guy that averaged 50 points a game at one point scored a hundred points in a game he was the ultimate rock of basketball and Jabbar uh broke that record and then went on to play for more productive years after that um whereas I think this and then we kind of felt like ooh is Kobe ever going to get there? Is Jordan ever yeah. going to get there? There was only there's only been seven guys to score thirty thousand points. You can it feels like LeBron break. has been destined for this record his exactly. entire career, and it's also the perfect record for LeBron because let me preface it by saying this: every NBA player is about themselves. But I always, I've always felt as only one year did I ever think LeBron did it for somebody else other than him, and that was that year in Cleveland. But even then, that that championship that he brought to cleveland basically built his legacy in cleveland like now he is a god in cleveland will always be that in cleveland but for me lebron has always been how can i make myself look good how can i better my resume how can i better my legacy how can i better me 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 so this record just is perfect for lebron because it's the most individual thing you could ever do to be the most Score the most points in NBA history. Who did it? LeBron James. And, that, and that's an interesting perspective because Jabbar, as dominant of a score he was through his years in Milwaukee and his early years in L.A., he really did take a back seat. To yeah. he he decided, magic. guess what? I'm not gonna be the guy. I'm gonna let the offense run through Magic. Guys like Worthy's gonna get touches. He's gonna get his points. Cooper, all these guys, and I'll be there. Scott. 
Yeah, and I'll be there to to go throw it inside to me when we need to go get, get two all the time, and I'll and I'll go up and drag these young centers that were you know the center era came in as Jabbar got older, mm-hmm. he still held his own yeah. with these young mm-hmm. studs, and so there's a lot to be said about Jabbar, and and I know their relationship is you know terrible, terrible, but terrible. Well, oh, Jab- Kareem doesn't Jabbar have relations, good relations with anybody. No, well, he never did. I mean, he was, is, he's always been in a, a kind of a different kind of. A, breed but i mean there's um, a reason why like i don't even does he even have a statue for this state yeah he does crypto? he does, does. He? This, oh, this is this is the problem that i have with people i was just there i didn't even see it <laughs> yeah he's got the sky hook the sky hook. okay oh, okay 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 magic's got pushing the ball and like right. the ball up with the court yeah the problem that i have with people's perception of kareem is kareem grew kareem rose to prominence in the hardest time mm-hmm. outside of slavery that it was for a black athlete I mean, there were no black athletes during slavery, but when Kareem was coming up, the civil rights movement was in full swing. And there were so many people dependent on him, black people, dependent on people like Jim Brown, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Muhammad Ali. There's so much weight and pressure on these dudes to be a voice. And so now that because of what Kareem was able to accomplish as an athlete and an activist, he sees these younger guys with way more influence, way more money, way more power, doing way less. And then the one who does, being LeBron, who's not afraid to say something, Kareem feels like he doesn't do enough. And I understand Kareem's anger towards these younger guys, especially a guy like LeBron. Kareem, by the way, also doesn't like Michael Jordan for the exact same reason. Because these guys have all this clout, they have all this power in in Kareem's opinion. They don't use it for the people like he did. Yeah. And what's interesting too is Kareem, obviously he was the most dominant big man of his generation. Uh, but yes. there was no three-point line for him. He wouldn't you know? have shot so no threes anyway. No, no, no. No, he wouldn't have. But still, like that's I, you know, he did it all around the paint, around the box. Mm-hmm. They, they did it in two totally different ways. LeBron is not a, a premier three-point shooter by any means, but he can he's made, I have to look it up, but Thousands of two thousand or so, yeah, three thousand yeah. maybe close to three thousand. Three points. I mean, Kareem is, is really Eight crazy. When you think about Kareem's career, like if you look at how the game was in Milwaukee and how the game was in his final years with oh, Showtime, yeah. it's a different game, it's a completely Absolutely. different game, Absolutely. completely different Absolutely. game. But I, I, I'll, I'll tell viewers to do themselves a favor and go uh, YouTube some of Kareem's early days in Milwaukee if you can find some of those games and see how athletic this guy really was. I mean, there there are games where Kareem could wipe a defensive rebound off the glass, put it on the floor, and go coast to coast. When no one ever seen that before. People. And, you know, he had a jump shot. There's old video. Yes, the sky hook after one after the other. It was unstoppable. But you could send him out on the elbow 16, 17 feet out, and Kareem could knock down a, look, a, a squared up textbook looking jump shot he had so many skills defensively in the low post he was a he was a, a menace um i mean the guy was so skillful passing we hate the, the, out of the double team we hate the goat talk on it well alex hates the goat I talk do. on this show i don't really bother i don't i i, I kind of let you people love have their way with it for me there are only three people in that conversation it's jordan it's kareem and it's lebron that's i agree to me that's no one else is in that room it's the three of them and who picks who is totally dependent on your opinion of each player. But for me, those are the you three guys, that. and that's it. That's all. 
And the great thing about basketball is there's five different different positions on the court. Obviously, mm -hmm. they've hybrided more now in today's modern game than ever. There there is a more of guys, but back the traditional game of basketball, the one, two, three, four, and five. Um, you know, it's it, it's almost impossible to say who's the greatest of all times because because of that. Um, whereas you know, and they're three totally different players, by the way, and which goes to Jason's absolutely. argument. They're not even they're not even roughly the same player. Like LeBron and, and Jordan are closer than Kareem are to the other two because of the way the style of the game transformed into. But Kareem's style of play, totally different from Jordan's style of play, totally different from LeBron's style of play. So it's hard to even get into that discussion and get any real nuance without people's feelings getting in the way because of they saw said person do said thing. I've watched almost all of LeBron's career because I finished it, obviously. And I watched pretty much all of Michael Jordan's career. And so I I didn't get a chance to or opportunity to absorb a lot of Kareem's career. But what would have been on tape play? exactly yeah. <laughs> so i think one of the i think that's one of the things that i find the, the best about it that i lived in one of probably the greatest time to be an nba fan and, and and i just i just enjoy that i try not to get into the who's better i mean i mean yeah that's just a whole other thing but in this last 30 years you've had maybe the best basketball players ever you've had like the best quarterbacks ever in yes. football you know and, and in baseball you obviously babe ruth is always has this like aura Mayo, around him really but right but Harry i think like, but I, yeah we that. lived through this we li i was literally about to say we lived through the steroids era which produced the best numbers ever ever in baseball <laughs> so ever. i just feel like in these last 30 years we've seen I mean, we've seen sports become modern we've seen sports the modern day athlete become we see what they can become and and that top physical peak conditions where lebron spends a million dollars on his body a month or a year according to him and uh, we've been very fortunate to see this stuff. And I'm not taking that for granted. Like, I do like the historical aspect of the of the accomplishment. Mm -hmm. I just don't. I always go back to it as a Laker fan. I'm just upset that we suck. And I would I, I feel like it would be so perfect if he scores 40 tonight and we lose by five. You know, like that. That just <laughs> Like that would be like, that's kind of what I'm expecting somehow. I don't know. But whether he does it tonight, whether he does it on Thursday, we'll see. But I mean, I'm going to tune in. I'm going to tune in just because I'm, oh, yes. I'm, I'm, it's bad for me. It's it, basketball season is here. You know, the playoffs uh, trade deadline is like the start of basketball season for me. I'm all in on it now. So Thursday is the trade deadline. Maybe he'll be motivated. Maybe they'll go get freaking. I mean, it's not Kyrie. Did you see this, by the way, with your boy, Michael Wilbon? Did you see this interview yesterday? LeBron yes. did. So yes, Michael Wilbon interviewed LeBron James, asked him about not getting Kyrie. And of course, LeBron not thinking about anybody other than himself. Well, definitely disappointed. I can't sit here and say I'm not disappointed on not being able to land such a talent, but someone that I had great chemistry with and know I got great chemistry with on the floor that can help you win, um, you know, championships in my, in my mind, in my eyes. Um, but my focus is shifted now. Um, my focus has shifted back to where it should be. And that's this, that's this club now and what we have in the locker room. That's the guys a quick pivot, LeBron. It's a quick pivot. Quick pivot. It don't take me long. It don't take me long. I don't. I don't get too excited um, about the possibilities of things that can be. I. I. I kind of envision myself on what it can, but I don't. I don't invest it all the way into until I know it's happening. Okay. And and when it does not happen, I, I'm. I'm back locked in on the job at hand. So, um, 
you know, we had an opportunity. I think our, our names was out there. The Lakers. Anyway, so it's uh, it's funny because I love I said this guy, he, man. He, I said he, he only thinks about himself. It's funny because it's true. Like, listen, it's true. You, you can see Kyrie it in, as he's answering the question. Obviously, you bring Kyrie in, you're competing for a different level. Right now, the team you have, you're competing for a playing spot. And I understand that. And I'm not an idiot to that. But to now go back into the locker room last night after doing that interview and looking at every guy that you wanted out of there, Austin, peace out. Christy, peace out. Lonnie, peace out. Oh, let's go practice. You know, like, it's just like, this dude has never been happy anywhere. Anywhere. He's never been content anywhere, like, ever. Like, this guy has had Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love, Anthony Day. Like, name the guys. The guy's been surrounded by, and he's never been happy. Never. The guy's got four championships. He's never been happy with the current roster ever. He's never been happy with the coach. He's never been happy ever. It's so freaking tiring, dude. He made this team. He brought Russell Westbrook. He made his yes, team bring Russell Westbrook. You got Anthony Davis. It worked. And guess what? You weren't happy. Let's tear this let's tear this roster apart. Let's get rid of this coach. Let's go bring my guys in and let's go try it my way. Yeah. And he's still not happy. That's a good what's point. so frustrating about this dude. It's a good point because if Jabbar had that in him, get, Jabbar would probably have about 43,000 points right now. <laughs> he would. <laughs> if Jabbar was like that, he could have said in year two, get me out of LA. I'm not playing with magic. Go send me somewhere else. I'll go to Utah and I'll score 35 time, a game. Yeah. I mean, really, at the end of the day, I don't like this young guy. I don't want to be a part of it. Go get me somewhere. And But, you know, Jabbar did the, what do you need me to do? Give the team to the young guy. I'll 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 still be a dominant guy. So that's an interesting take, um, Dude, the, Alex. The wandering eye of LeBron will always be his greatest weakness. Yes, the wandering eye of LeBron will always be his greatest weakness. Isn't it crazy the, though, dude? This is a dude like Browner. Like this is a dude that had it all in Miami. In Miami, had the yep. best coach, had the best, best organization, best GM. He was the king of Miami in South Beach, and he was like not good enough. I can tell you, I can tell you right now from people who I know who have played in the league. He literally didn't want Pat Riley to tell him no. Right. The, the structure that Miami had created is what he frowned upon and what he did not want. He wanted to do it his way with zero guilt and or blame. And when Pat Riley would tell him no, when he tried to get Eric Spolster fired, Pat Riley told him no. Like there were multiple times where LeBron was told no by Pat Riley personally and also about the people around LeBron. Taking a separate bus to games with his crew or having his crew on the button. Pat Riley said you're traveling with the team and you're not bringing any hanger-ons. That All those things that Pat Riley knows builds better culture for teams. LeBron and the business side of LeBron did not want that to be interfered with. And Pat Riley don't play that. And yeah. that's what led to them. And the Lakers separate. do. And the Lakers and do. The, when we, and the Lakers we'll talk are more about that. Whorehouse. <laughs> okay. We'll talk more about that. Probably not, but <laughs> the, the whorehouse part. Uh, we'll talk more about uh, other things when we come back. This is Capital Crew, CapitalCrew.com. Welcome back, everybody. Kaplan and crew. Alex Padilla, John Browner, Jason Lawley with you guys. Just the crew today. Scott, back tomorrow and coming back from New York. Um, boys, it is Super Bowl week. Are you uh, – you guys have your Super Bowl plans ready to go Sunday? I just got a text asking me what I'm doing for Super Bowl. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I still don't know. I'll be in Seattle. Okay. 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 
Jason? Uh, yeah, you know, I think uh, I'll be going up to uh, a good buddy of mine's house in Temecula. He's having a Super Bowl Whoa. party. Yeah, yeah. Nice. He's having a Super Bowl. Oh, you going to Toby's house? Shout out, Toby. <laughs> Shout out, Toby. Toby checked in on me all the time during COVID, too. Shout out, Co Toby. Actually, I got a buddy. Uh, Almost called him Toby. Almost. Buddy, who was a, a New York guy. He's actually uh, was a was a writer and producer on the uh, on the King of Queens for the whole series run, and uh, he eventually, you know, he's got that kind of money to retire, and he bought a house in Temecula. So we get together and smoke some cigars once in a while, and he still dabbles and stand up a little bit here and there. And uh, so yeah, he invited me over, and uh, I'm gonna I'm actually doing Reno this weekend, so I'm I'm doing Reno nice. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I get on a plane Sunday morning. Uh, I land here at 1030 in the morning. God willing that Southwest's computers don't crash or anything like that. <laughs> oh boy. And uh, I'll be on time. And then, uh, yeah, I'll shoot over there and enjoy some cigars, a couple of beers and get home. Nice, dude. Let me ask y'all. Let me ask y'all a question. Ask y'all a question. Would you ever host a Super Bowl party? Because I would never. I was just talking to my wife about that. And I told her the last thing I want to do is be hosting. Mm hmm. Because I have to watch the game, right. you know. Like Correct. if I was, exactly. if I was, if I was not doing this, if I went to a nine to five on Monday, I wouldn't care about hosting. Then I wouldn't have to be locked into the game. I could watch whatever I want. I'm not like Scott. I don't go back and rewatch things. Like that's I, I got time for that. I'm not gonna go back and rewatch the Super Bowl. You know, like I need to sit down. I need to watch it. I'm not gonna be getting up from the grill to the to to, to I'm cooking. I'm doing this. I'm doing no, not doing it. Not doing it. I I would host. I think, and I've been a proponent of this for a long time. First off, I would need a bigger place, but I believe, and I and I just think that I, I the Super Bowl. If they're going to take the two weeks off, why aren't we playing this thing on Saturday night? Oh my god! Why aren't we playing this thing on Saturday night like normal people? Thirteen days off is enough. Get it on prime time, 5 p.m. Pacific time, Saturday night. Yeah. Let everybody sleep in and clean their house and do everything they got to do on Sunday and not have to worry about calling off work or taking off work or whatever. Like that way, the people on the East Coast, you know, Sunday night, they're there. The game's ending for them at 9 30, 10 o'clock at night. Come on. Dude, the college football national championship. Is on a Monday night. Stupid. It's dumb. It's dumb. Monday night. And they play, and they play Saturday all year. And they play it Saturday all so year. Does it make a difference though? But does it make a difference for viewers? No. no, because they're tuning in. But what I'm saying is that my point being, you can move the. You already have games on Saturday. You have games right. on Thursday. You have games on Monday. You have games every day almost, except Wednesdays and Fridays. Like, why not put it on Saturday? Everybody wants to make Monday a national holiday. How about you just move the just damn game to Saturday? Saturday? 13 days off is enough. Move it to I Saturday. The inconvenience that the NFL causes you because they don't care. They know you're going to watch anyway. I don't – I mean, I'm I'm with it too. I think a Saturday night Super Bowl would be unbelievable. I've been saying this for like, years. Like you would literally never leave a bar for like eight hours. Like it would be great. It would be great business. The Sunday night, the Super Bowl being at a bar sucks. Because you yeah. got to watch what you're doing. You I have watch another yourself. one for you. I have another. This is an even Bro, more uh, thing for you. No. I don't like Sunday night football. I like mm. the games. I would move. I Listen to me. 
<laughs> Saturday, <laughs> Saturday night football, one game a week, Saturday night. I like five that o'clock. idea. Because here's why, Browner. Here's uh, why. Especially you ditch Thursday night and Sunday night all, the, night all together and just make a marquee, maybe a doubleheader Saturday night and use the Thursday and the Well, Sunday I would get rid of Thursday game. in general. Just give me right. another Sunday. I hate game. Thursday night football. No, you, you know how much money you just lost? That, that idea is already dead. Listen, all on, these man. ideas are dead because of money. But what I'm telling you is. Not the Saturday idea. Sunday night football. Still make money. East Coast people feel me on this. That kicks off at 8.30. 8.30 on the East Coast at night. That game's not over until almost midnight on Sunday night. Nobody wants to be watching football. Like, you're ready to go to sleep. You're ready right. to get your week started on Monday. You, you're done with football, done with football on the on the Pacific Coast at 4.30. And you're done with it at 7.30 on Sunday. Like, that's beautiful. Like, after seven hours of commercial-free football in the red zone, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. I'm good. I don't like that hour gap that I have to wait. I don't want to watch pregame. I don't want to do that. I don't. And oh, then that like, NBC pregame's awful. And then Terrible. I gotta like listen to Carrie Underwood, and, and I don't want to do that. You know what'd be dope? Give me one Saturday night primetime game. Get me warmed up to wake up Sunday, and let's go seven hours commercial free football, Browner. I'm telling no, you, man. that is. A, I love it. And then I love you're Saturday already night football, dude. Honestly, what's gonna do better? Like, what's so okay? You're going up against the SEC. Who cares? The NFL. Oh, king. No, there's only three the good matchups king. all year in the, in the SEC all year right. anyway. Listen, I I think that the NFL is on the verge of just literally not caring what time college football is on because it's irrelevant to them. Like they only do that as a nod to have to to showcase I mean, the next great level of player on the college stage. I know you're not going. I know you're going to get upset at me, but they went in and took the nba's day with a terrible slate of games and still dominated in ratings on christmas like if they could do that to the nba they could do it to anybody yep listen the nba the nba is a different business i I wouldn't say that they took the day i mean they clearly took the day if you look at ratings so once every seven years the christmas game is on sunday they didn't take the day because next year It'll be gone. What I'm telling you, to your point, is the so NFL coming here today. Took the day. The, the NFL does not care about other sports. They will do oh, football. They, they care about college football. I don't know. No, they college football will move the New Year's Day bowl games. Rose Bowl will be played on the second if New Year's Day falls on the on a Sunday. Do you They've guys know why? Do you guys know well, why? Yeah, I agree. The reason I agree with that. you guys know the real reason why the national championship is on a Monday. Because I mean, I, it's the end I, of Monday Night Football because it butts up against the start of the playoffs. No, it's because okay. it lands on the final weeks of the NFL season. Now it's like week 18, so there is no Monday Night Football, I don't think. Right. And not, right. the ESPN would rather air NFL football on Saturday night instead of airing a national championship on Saturday night because the NFL does right. way better right. on a Saturday night. Because remember, they yes. play the week 17, week yep. whatever, they play Saturday games. Listen, 16, 17, is, and 18, yeah. And then they play the college, first round of wild card games on Saturdays. First two College weeks. football is too saturated. It's it's all over. There's too many teams. It's all over the place. Right. So and there's only, have, uh, per week, there's not that many good matchups. No, there's not. Maybe two. Yeah. Maybe two. Like, there's, Maybe two. when you look at the top 25, at that stage of the season, the, towards the end of the season, or there isn't even... At this the point, most, there is a, there's like people already know who the good teams are. 
The most right. interesting and college is, football is going to change because they're going to twelve team playoffs. So who the hell knows right. what the schedule is going to look like at that point? The most interest there is in college football is the Saturday after Thanksgiving because even if your team isn't playing for something, it's rivalry week. So if you haven't, if you're a graduate yes. or if you're invested, or even if you're an Oregon State fan, you're playing Oregon. Ohio State's playing Michigan. Auburn's playing Alabama. Like it, that's the only time the whole country of college football is really invested in in one saturday everything else is just spread out and and yeah. watered down so here's why the nfl can do whatever the hell they want to do i'm going to read you guys saint bonaventure did a massive survey about the super bowl they polled millions of americans i don't really know how polls work i'm just making them numbers up 75 percent of americans plan to watch the super bowl this sunday 75% of Americans plan to watch Super Bowl 57 on Sunday. 53% say the game is an important part of their life. 29% of Americans consider the Super Bowl to be a national holiday. Yes. That's a lot of freaking people. Mm -hmm. 30% yes. of Americans consider the Super Bowl to be a national holiday. 82 Go ahead. There are only there are only a couple of things in this country we don't pay taxes on. Football teams don't pay our professional sports teams don't pay taxes, and our churches don't pay taxes because those are the those are the two things in our social society that we've accepted that we need that shouldn't be taxed. Outside of that, everything else is taxed. Yeah. Like think about it. Let me read you guys, everything else. Let me read you guys some more numbers. Uh, Eighty-two percent of Americans say they're looking forward to the new commercials. Eighty percent say they're they enjoy the halftime show. And 78% of Americans say they love the game and never miss it. Oh, this 78% of correspondents. Super Bowl? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the yeah, Super Bowl I... is easy. To, it's, the Super Bowl is unavoidable. It's literally unavoidable. It's everywhere. They've bicked it now, this halftime thing that's for everybody. So even if you don't find yourself that locked into quote-unquote football, it's an event. And as a country, we love events. And then you put another event at a well-known thing at the in the middle of it. Like it's here's it, what's it funny though. Everything. Here's what's funny about it. Because to your point, 49% of, of people polled said the game is the most interesting part of the broadcast. Uh 21% consider the halftime program as the highlight, and 20% of people tune in for commercials. And for those 20%. You guys are sick people. You need yeah, help. I know. You need help. You need, help. You need a lot of help. By the way, I tweeted yesterday. Uh, there's like this pop chips thing commercial with Brian Cranston and uh, Aaron Paul. I forget his name. Jesse from Breaking Bad. Right. The commercial's already out. It's a great commercial. Why do they do this? Why wow, are commercials out already? Why am I able to see a Super Bowl commercial right now on Tuesday? Why? I don't get it. Can an advertiser please contact me and let me know the reasoning behind it? Like, I, aren't you paying $50 million for 60 seconds so everybody could be around a TV with seven layer bean dip watching your they, freaking commercial? Well, they, they, sold, they sold out of commercials quick too, by the way. They probably are hitting the consumer early. And guess what? There'll be one that they didn't show you backing it up there'll be like a follow-up commercial to that yeah. commercial they do that sometimes Jason, every like every experience a new one on sunday every experienced super bowl watcher knows that after halftime you get repeats right all the good stuff is first quarter like right. those are the best 
Second quarter, probably still some good ones after that. Pre-game, pre-kick are the best ones, and then that first quarter. You're right. The first commercial break is normally like a Doritos or like a Bud mm-hmm. Light or something like that. This year, by the way, zero crypto commercials. Well, they don't have any money to freaking spend. <laughs> I wonder if the NFL like purposely was like, after the whole debacle with F- FTX and Larry David and Tom Brady last year, they're like, yeah, we're not doing crypto anymore. Yeah, this is a bad look. It is a bad look. Mm. So that is a Super Bowl uh, survey, according to St. Bonaventure. I thought that was crazy. 75% of Americans plan to watch Super Bowl. 75%. The other 25% are in prison. (laughs) (laughs) Solitary confinement. (laughs) In my, since I've started caring about Super Bowl, I've missed one. I was in high school. I was in high school. And it was when the the Bucks lost to the the Bucks beat the Raiders two thousand in San Diego. I missed that one. Wow! Because I had a shift and I couldn't get out of it. I was just working and I couldn't get out of it. And my job at the time did not have a TV. That was the only Super Bowl I've ever missed. Since I don't I think I've ever missed one. Uh, ever since I can remember watching them, I, the first one I remember watching was the Pittsburgh Steelers' third Super Bowl as a little boy when they beat the Cowboys and Jackie Ooh. Smith. I missed all in the in, in the end zone, and then I, I remember the first two Super Bowls I remember were the were the third and fourth Steelers titles. I missed the um, first half of the Eagles beating the Patriots, the Philly special one. That was Minnesota, right? I think that's when Justin Timberlake was at halftime because my flight was delayed from Minnesota. I decided to do mm-hmm. a Sunday flight, thinking there would be no people there, and it was delayed because of freezing temperatures they had to defrost our plane and i was delayed so i didn't end up getting home until halftime so i saw justin timberlake's halftime before i watched any football other than that (laughs) i watched everything i'm all in i'm all in on rihanna i'm all in i missed the second half of when the packers beat the patriots brett Favre because I was in Columbus, Ohio at the time, very you know, young guy, and I ended up hooking up with this chick, and we went into yeah, her buddy. room at halftime, and we yeah, never you came did. out. So that yeah, was the only did. time I probably missed any you football. That? You yeah. hear that, Browner? Yep. Your boy got busy, dog. Oh, yeah, that was a fun night, because there was a big party on campus, and, um, yeah, and I was like... I haven't... Uh, go ahead. No, I was pining for this one chick when we were hanging out, and then, like... It was, you know, the, it, was, it was building up throughout the first half of the game. That was probably the least of any football I ever watched because I was, like, flirting with her in the first half, kind of keeping an eye on things. And then by the halftime, we escaped off. It was, like, she was in the apartment complex, not that apartment. We, like, slid down to, like, a couple apartments down the hall. And then we, I just never came out. I never saw the end of that game. By the way, if you want to, oh, oh, you say, oh, you say you never came out. I was like, whoa, no, no, no I never came out of. Came the, out. I never came out to watch the second half because you never I kept coming out. out. <laughs> By the way, if you want to go to the Super Bowl in Glendale, Arizona, on Sunday, the uh, the cheapest ticket to get in as we speak is three thousand six hundred dollars nah, for a unrestricted. Upper level no. corner view. Oh, it ain't that serious, man. Mm-hmm. It ain't that serious. It ain't that serious. No. Uh uh-uh. uh. This is why this is why folks sell them tickets, man. It ain't that serious. That's if you a, want that's like a, a that's a down payment somewhere. If you want like a one hundred <laughs> level ticket, if you want to be in like row one hundred, row thirty, eleven thousand dollars. Why? Who 
Listen, this is how I also know we don't tax people enough. Who got that kind of money? Yo, and it's sold out. Like, who got that, who got that kind of money? It's crazy. Like, I want to sit at the 50-yard line at the Super Bowl. I got 15 grand. I'm just going to give it to that. No, each. You got 30 grand laying around? If I if I did, if I had it laying around? No, bro, that ain't what I'm spending. A 50-yard line ticket right now, row 10. Uh. $22,000. No. Each. What's wrong? Even if I had it. No. Even if no, I had it and it man. didn't affect me to spend it, I wouldn't do it. No, man. Yeah. That's crazy. All right, boys. It's time now for the highlight of the day. It's time for the highlight of the day, man. Do you want to get high, man? I'm just really high. Highlight of the day brought to you by Tory Holistics and California Holistics. Go to kaplanandcrew.com. Click on that Tory Holistics banner. You're going to get 20% off your purchase when you spend a minimum of 75 bucks and use the promo code FLOWERS23. FLOWERS23. That's 75 bucks. Get 20% off your purchase at Tory in California Holistics. Browner, did we ever get cards? I need to go. I'm out. Yeah, I was just going to ask you. Uh, I haven't had one in a long time. We have not. I did not uh, get things cleared up with him in time to do that. Okay. I was talking to Ruthie yesterday. Shout out, Ruthie. She's going to be on the show next week. We haven't talked to her in a while. Uh, shout, out. shout out to Ruthie. Uh, she did tell me she's going to send me. They have Super Bowl specials happening this weekend. I don't have them yet, but I'll let everybody oh, nice. know. I'll let everybody know what the Super Bowl specials are for the weekend. Shout out to Ruthie. I talked to her yesterday. Um, highlight of the day. Opening night in Glendale, Arizona. Browner, remember the one in Miami we went to? It was uh, San Francisco, Kansas City. So it was uh, mm-hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo. It was Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. And this one, you met meet your girl Mina Kimes, I believe. That's my, the most flustered I've ever seen you in my life, ever, <laughs> ever, ever, ever. I didn't even know you had that in you. I don't even. Do people know the story? This real quick. Do people? Know I don't the story know. I don't Mina know Kimes? the story. No. So Browner has a mad thing for Mina Kimes. Okay. ESPN's pronouncing Mina uh, Kimes. I like smart women. Yep. So opening night was at the Miami Marlins baseball stadium in Little Havana. We walked in there, and we walked directly to the field. The first person we see or Browner sees is Mina Kimes. Browner, though, to his credit, did not even think about it. Goes directly up to her and goes, yo, yeah. can I take a picture? That's all he says. That's all he says. Yo, can I take a picture? And I'm just standing there. I'm like, all right, that was that was aggressive. And yeah. and she goes like, oh, like, yeah, sure. Uh, What's your name? Like, she initiated the conversation because this fool was just so flustered that she was like, hey, calm down. What's your name? Hi, I'm Mina. Uh, oh, 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 I'm Browner. Nice to meet you. I'm Browner. That's like that's how it looks. That's hilarious. That's how it, I've never seen Browner like that in my life, dude. Did you get the picture? That's, listen, that's how it was. What, what you saw was what happened. Yeah, like, I had. Yeah. I was carrying too much. Here's the thing. I was I was unprepared to see her. I was carrying too much stuff. I had phones dying of battery while I'm trying to record stuff. Like I had stuff plugged into stuff. I was just like a. Uh, I, I was doing too many things at one time, and I saw her. Did but you get the I'm picture, or did you get a restraining order? Which one did you get? I got the picture. Okay. okay. I got the picture. And in addition to that, sir, <laughs> sir, we had a back and forth on Twitter yeah. afterwards. Oh, yeah. See what I'm saying? So, so, she, so she had a public conversation with your boy on social. So, again, nice. I'm going to see her again. We, we Our paths will cross again. She's, a cute, love, she's love, a cute young girl. I love a smart woman. I yeah. love a smart woman. I hate a bimbo. She knows football, man. That's for sure. And she, she knows, knows that she, she's got a great she really, really on football. on camera. She knows her game. And uh, so, real quick, the highlight of the day before we run out of time here: uh, opening night, 
every, every reporter in the world gets let in there. I don't know why. Why were we in there? I don't know. We didn't ask anybody any questions. We were just walking around. But somebody right. went up to Nick Sirianni and asked him this. Yeah. <laughs> a reporter asked Nick Sirianni, is the Super Bowl a must-win game? And here's the thing, by the way. When you're trying to get a question in in that type of setting, like you have it's to hard. push through people. It's, it's very difficult. And for this dummy to get his his chance and for that to be his question, yeah. they should have thrown him out immediately. Talk more about that when we come back. Kaplan and Crew brought to you by Seven Mile Casino. Uh, KaplanandCrew.com. We'll be right back. Yeah, we're talking here. Uh, yes, what an idiot is correct. Is this a must-win game? Yes, fuck Tard. What do you, what do you think? <laughs> 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 oh, my God. But... That's it. We're done, guys. That's it. Any final words? No, thanks for having uh, me for these uh, next two days or last two days. And if you need me for anything before the, the week's out, I won't be able to do it because I'm going to Reno. When are you going to Reno? Uh, I leave tomorrow night. But uh, shows don't start till Thursday. But I'm going to take a later flight tomorrow uh, in the evening, get in, check in, and then uh, have shows Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then back out Sunday morning. You, uh, where do you stay in Reno? At the no, Silver I, Legacy no, Casino and Resort. They I'm get setting it. you up, man. You might yeah. get some unwanted people visiting you. Yeah, oh, you never know. I know. No, I've yeah, actually built know. a nice little fan base there in Reno since the times nice. I've gone. So, like, are you prepared for? Uh, out are you fun. prepared for snow on Saturday in Reno? Yeah. Is it gonna get it? That's what the weather says. Yeah, I figured it was going to be nice and nice and cold there, but I don't leave the hotel unless it's like nice weather, and then I'll go walk around. So the nice thing is, is I, they get they got great rooms. I, I there's not a place I sleep better on the road than Reno. I love the Silver Legacy. Really nice. Um, they did they remodeled all the rooms within the last couple of years of during COVID. Great showers, great you know amenities. All the they got some great diners and restaurants that I get comp meals to um Bruce shows Chris. are always great so Ooh, yeah ichiban yeah japanese house i tell you the diner what is it called the cafe what's the cafe, cafe central that place is an amazing they've got an uh they have an asian menu like a and all their cooks are asian you know like when you go to a place and you're like man the, the like it's just a regular cafe but you're like the mexican food's great there just must be all mexicans back there cooking well, they're all Asians there cooking in Reno, nice. and the Asian menu they have the fa, the the all of the 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 pad thai, all the different things that they have is phenomenal. So I cannot wait to go there, and I will just fa up almost every <laughs> dinner. Is that how you say it? Fa fa. I will have fa. They have all different kinds of versions of it, and it's always great. Their breakfasts are amazing there, and yeah, one of the nights will you know treat treat myself to maybe a nice steak at the Ruth Chris. Um, but I love going to that, that casino. It's got a great sports book. So I go in there, I'll make a few little prop bets for the Super Bowl, And then, you know, because there's seven 30 shows, I can go down to the, the sports book and watch a lot of East coast NBA games. And when I'm there for a whole weekend, I can get up early at 9am. If I'm in there during college football or pro football and watch football down there and I'm multiple nice, screens. So it's great. I love it. Nice. Well, hey, if you're in Reno or if you want something to do, go check uh, Jason out. Which it's at the Are you at the Silver Legacy? Is that where you're it's a, So it's the Laugh Factory inside the Silver Legacy Hotel. Yeah. It's hey, uh, right down, right in the main area of all the casinos there. It's attached to the Circus Circus and the El Dorado. It's all one big, they call it the city. It's a three, three, um, kind of three buildings, three casinos all attached to nice. one. Nice. Well, yeah. if you're around, if you want to go check it out, 
stay in your seat. Jason cool. will be there. Always a pleasure, guys. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, yeah. Brad. We'll talk to everybody. Talk back tomorrow. Peace. Mm -hmm.